0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Q&A. Thank you for joining us and listening in. If you have questions from today's sermon, I would ask that you text them in to us. Numbers up on the screen. We'd love the opportunity to answer those. We've had some that have actually already come in, so we'll just go ahead and dive right in. All right. All right. First one here. Um, If we accept Christ and we still sin, does that mean we aren't a believer because we aren't producing the fruit? For example, when I lash out at my kids, I got saved when I was seven years old. In parentheses, um, and still lusted after boys' men before finding my husband. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a great question, and it this is what makes it sometimes hard. I think Tracy too. Um, people, we get in that no man's land, if you will, of going. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Mm-hmm. If a tree is known by its fruit, and I have this fruit, what's that really say about? Who who I am. So um, a couple distinctions that I didn't have minutes for in the service. Salvation is a point in time. Mm -hmm. We go from dead to life. Uh, That's why, see, I think if we think of salvation as by works, it's like, okay, have I done enough works? I'm kind of sneaking up on my salvation. I'm getting closer. And as you talk to folks, Certainly as I've talked to folks, that's that sense of I'm getting closer to God. Well, how are you getting closer to God? Well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm getting closer. We go from far from God, enemies of God, to children of God, by grace, through faith, repent and believe. So that's a moment. But we don't go from sinful to perfect. Right. In that same moment, it, it's this whole idea, really, of the fact that because I've been enslaved, mm-hmm. um, there's a long process of learning to live in my new freedom, mm-hmm. to learn to live as a child of God. And sometimes it's a knowledge thing. hmm Uh, Romans 6, you might want to look at Romans 6, do you not know, don't you know what happened in the gospel, that that you are a partaker in his death, burial, and his resurrection? So sometimes it's a knowledge thing, and sometimes it's a practice thing. Mm -hmm. I I have to learn to walk in newness of life. So, no, I would not automatically believe that someone who uh, has professed Christ but still is wrestling in particular sin areas and in life, uh, exploding on my kids, wrestling mm-hmm. with lust, uh, that, oh, they must not be a believer. I think we will always wrestle with sin the rest of our lives because though the penalty of sin has been paid for in Jesus and the power of sin has been broken in my life, the presence of sin is still Obvious, And therefore, I'm always going to be tempted. And I have to learn to live in the victory that I have give, been given in Christ. So I would encourage you. Uh, I, I can't say, yes, you're saved. No, you're not saved. Right. The uh, Lord knows that. I can say this. Confess your sin. And... Uh, Learn to walk in the Spirit, believing that you're infinitely weak, but He is infinitely strong and you've been made one with Him. So learn to walk in the Spirit so that you won't carry out the desires of your flesh. If you have zero hunger for the Word of God and zero understanding of the Word of God and you're enslaved, not just in some ways where you still lose your temper. Then you should have good calls to go, maybe I'm not born again, but here's mm-hmm. the beauty of that. The Lord's still giving you breath. Right. And so I don't think it's a, uh, <laughs> a sin to say, Lord, if for some reason I've fooled myself and I think I've been born again and I haven't been. I admit my sin, I believe that you paid for it on the cross, and I receive it as a free gift, and I want to learn to live in that. Um, There is nothing wrong with declaring that to the Lord Mm -hmm. again. This is why I'm obviously super glad that the Lord sees the heart, the Lord will judge the heart, the Lord knows who are his, uh, the shepherd knows who his sheep are. I don't always know those things. I do know what the Scripture says. When we're born again, we're changed. That change is a progression; doesn't yes. happen instantaneously. So, if you're never changing, I think there's good reason to wonder: Have I not been born again?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, did I miss something in that question? No, sure. that was it. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, our next one here um, is more of transitioning from the thought of works for salvation. So how do you get yourself out of the mindset of thinking that your works save you? It feels like a hard balancing act to say works don't save you. But if you're not working, you're probably not saved, which drives me to have a works focused mindset once again. So like a cyclical thought process. I sometimes feel like the works I do are out of fear of not being saved, but they they do flow. I just feel unsure.
1: Well, I appreciate the honesty in that question. As with really every truth and lie, the way we overcome the lie is by identifying, labeling it as a lie mm-hmm. and the truth and going, nope, this is what the scripture says. So we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ by naming lies, lies, and truth, truth. So th- there's nothing magical here about this If I think, oh, I'm doing this in order to be saved, declare, this won't save me. Just say that. This won't save me. I am saved by, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. I'm trusting in you, Jesus. It's not like I said that once back in September of 1974. (laughs) I have said hundreds of thousands of times, and that's not exaggeration. I'm trusting in you, Jesus. I'm trusting in you, Jesus. And so we'll get in two weeks to the verse 8 and 9, not by works. And, and I hope you'll listen then. And I'll talk about this more specifically in the message that talks about by faith, not by works. But to the point right now, if you are, um, if you find yourself going, oh, I was just doing this because I think I'm trying to gain favor with God, repent of it, change your mind. Say, that's not true. Uh, Lord Jesus, I cannot do for myself what only Jesus could do on the cross. I will not nullify what you have done on the cross by attempting to do it by my own works. So, there's nothing really magical about that, but declaring the truth of the gospel over and over and over again until I think in line with this. And when lies come to my head, because I think lies. Lies. Mm-hmm. You think lies? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we then make decisions whether we're going to live according to, or whether we're going to take those thoughts captive. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's how I would encourage you again. No need to live in fear that you might not be saved. Declare again, you're believing in Jesus, not your works. And then when you do good works. Declare, I'm doing this because of who you made me, not in order, not in order to become somebody. I'm doing this as mm. the overflow of the new nature, not an attempt to get a new nature.
0: Right, and taking those thoughts captive. We talked about that last week as well. Like, just a great remember and I think or reminder. And you said not only to take them captive, but kill them. Like yeah. those those lies. Those they do. They it, doesn't go away.
1: It yes, and so. To kill them may be a slow death. Mm-hmm. We'd like right. to be able to go, okay, they're dead.
0: Right, and now I don't deal with it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't think that
1: anymore. Right. I never. Uh, uh, some death happens that way. Sure. But most of overcoming lies is the slow starvation of those lies and the feeding of truth in our life. That's mm-hmm. the way lies are going to die, not, Absolutely. not sudden deaths, probably.
0: Absolutely. It takes Time. Um, so, next question here. You said, No sin is too great to be forgiven. Can you explain the concept of the unforgivable sin of grieving the Holy Spirit? Ah,
1: uh, great question. Uh, I don't know the date and the time, but I can tell you this. Um, if you can look up that, I can answer it briefly. The longer answer, uh, when I did um, the series, it was called Jesus uh, Encounters. Mm-hmm. Jesus encounters, encounters so. with Jesus, encounters Jesus, with, en- Jesus, yeah. encounters with <laughs> Jesus, the gospel of Mark. If you'll find the passage in the gospel, of Mark, go on our website and find that passage it, because it's recorded in that gospel about the unforgivable sin. Longer explanation that I can give right now in a brief minute or two. The unforgivable sin is not adultery, suicide, because that's a big one that people think. If you take your life, you cannot be forgiven of that, mm. and you're going to go to hell. And I understand why people want to say that's the unforgivable sin. Oftentimes we, we name sins that we're most afraid of worse so that maybe we'll stay away from them. Don't kill mm. yourself because it's unforgivable. Either our sin can be forgiven or it can Right. So what's the unforgivable sin? The grieving of the Spirit is this, and it says it in the passage, those who refuse to believe. Mm-hmm. If I can't, let's connect it to this morning now. If I can't believe without repenting, mm-hmm. I can't believe in Jesus about repenting a new, of my old thoughts Then I will grieve the Spirit because the Spirit's work is to convict the unbeliever of unrighteousness so that they would see who they are apart from Jesus and believe in Jesus. That's what the Spirit does, He convicts the world. If a person refuses to repent and believe, then they can't be forgiven. But to anyone who will repent and believe, no matter what they have done, their sin will be forgiven. So there is no unforgivable sin, save the sin of unbelief, repentance and believing in Mm Jesus. For a longer answer, Jesus encounters.
0: Yes, and you can find that under our media tab on our website, under Sermon Archive. And you can find it under there. So. Feel free to check them there. Um, those are all our questions this morning. Do You have anything else that you would like to summarize? Leave us with preview um, for next week, or uh, ha.
1: Ha. <laughs> the here's what I wished I could have done, and so maybe hmm. we'll try it here. Well, <laughs> Tracy's nervous. Um, I, I wish every person would say, "For me to believe in Jesus." what did I have to repent of? What did I have to mm. change my mind? And sometimes, and I know a little bit of your story, you grew up churched. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you probably made a profession early on. Middle school. Middle school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so any recollection of, because this may help people go, I don't know, what what did, what did I repent of? Sure. Any thoughts for you personally? I'm
0: trying to remember. In that one moment, I'm not necessarily remembering a specific, besides the fact of like, I knew I needed Christ. That it was more of the overall, like, I have sin. I need to repent of this sin. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus. Like, okay. it was that situation. But it, I don't remember there being one thing that I was struggling with. Okay. Repenting of yeah. now looking for past that, I can tell you all kinds of stuff. You know, now sure. that I've realized like that, I've dealt with specifically.
1: That's um, good. In those, no, that's good because our initial repentance is probably going to be different than our ongoing. When I said right. the final point mm-hmm. and said we're going to talk about later, uh, repentance is continual. Uh, there's still plenty of things I need to repent of, change yes. my mind of, uh, but. At that initial moment, and so maybe this is what you're saying. I know that though I had grown up going to church Mm -hmm. and heard the Bible taught and actually loved Funspiration, the Wednesday night program at my church, um, it was not until at a rally that a speaker was used by God to convict me that I was going to hell, that my sin Mm -hmm. was deserving of eternal punishment. Uh, I guess there was probably an an awareness of that prior prior to that, and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure I'd been told that. Sure. But there's a difference between being told something and even knowing something in the conviction of the Holy Spirit.
0: Totally different.
1: So for me, it was a... I admit I am going to hell mm. apart from Jesus. And that's why I don't know if it was kind of a throwaway line in the in the message, but why I said my initial single understanding of the gospel was out of hell mm-hmm. into heaven. Because I began, I was convicted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That I was a sinner. See, um, but I'd known about Jesus. It right. wasn't yeah. new news about Jesus. Here, here's a thought: um, If someone, our friends, the ulums, they go to a different culture, they live in a tribal culture. I think what they often find in a tribal culture is of a, a keen awareness of sin and Hmm. guilt and need to please God and and that sense of separation from God. Their repentance is often, from what I understand anyway, a a changing of mind about these sacrifices will save me, these offerings that I leave out for the quote-unquote gods will save me. Their repentance is, I used to believe this, now I believe in Jesus, lots of churched people which you and I were mm-hmm. churched people we, right. before we became christians we were churched right churched people and this may be you churched people know a ton about jesus and i think would say yeah i understand that about the gospel so repentance is often less about believing in something else a, a different savior than it is about I believe I deserve wrath like a sex trafficker. I say it Mm. that strong because that's what, you know, that's kind of the big sin, if you will. Right, right. So, um, if, and now I'm out of of time, if I'd have any encouragement for you to follow up, it would be to ask yourself, what did I need to repent of in order Mm. to believe in Jesus? And ask yourself, have you repented Of that, because you cannot believe in Jesus without repenting first. Hmm. That's it.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you next week. So, have a great Sunday.